0: Welcome back, it is Monday, April 18th, 2022, and you're listening to episode 136 of the Can I Say Something podcast, your host and a recluse with a juicy caboose, Damian. Joining me today is... Derek McDuff. Today in the show, we've been discussing what we've been watching, including spoilers for everything involved, Apple TV's show Severance, Pachinko, and Slow Horses. Moon Knight episode three, the dropout and our review of the Daniels' brand new film, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Right into the show, bicycle at bicycle.gmail.com, bicycle on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, family member or stranger, what's up man, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man, I'm uh, I'm feeling good, feeling uh, tired, but, but re-enjuvenated to be talking about all these good movies with you.
0: <laughs> yes. The I don't grind. know if pre
1: juvenated is a word, but I, I think we'll, we'll make it a word.
0: Yeah. this Is is this what they talk about when they talk about the grind? We're doing the grind? <laughs> we're on the grind? Oh, yeah. Something like that? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what all the influencers talking like, about.
1: Is, yeah. This is the only time I was like, oh, man. Because I was like, oh, man, I don't know when I'm going to be able to record. Because tomorrow, like, you know, we're recording this Saturday night, then it's Easter. And then yeah. after Easter, this comes out. So then we're <laughs> getting a ride right in the nick of time here.
0: Yeah, again, right up in there. But we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Very excited to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, definitely want to talk about everything, everywhere at once. One of my favorite movies I've seen this year. But before that, we're gonna spend you know probably a good ha- last half of the show talking all about that. But I did want to just talk about a few TV shows we've been watching this week or I- I've been watching this week uh, on Apple TV Plus. Bunch of stuff on there. I still continue to believe that they have the best uh, TV shows out there. I'm not. I don't have cable. I don't know if you have cable, but I don't know what. Yeah. out there? What else is out there on the old TV cable landscape? You know all those great Anatomies and all that kind of stuff. Do you, are you watching anything else? Do you do you do you peruse cable at all?
1: I, I don't. There's only one thing that's a cable. There's only one cable show that I really think is is amazing and worthwhile, and that comes out today as the day this is airing. Um, the last season, which is Better Call Saul, which uh, I oh, use yeah. my parents. They my parents have cable. So mm. I go on to, you know, I use the AMC app through them till like, they use their, like, you know, Cox or whatever login um, to uh, to watch that.
0: Yeah, I've heard I've heard so many good things. I'm a huge Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad fan. Um, Better Call Saul is just one of those ones I haven't caught up with yet. But, you know, I'm plowing my way through a lot of series so far. So definitely have the time to do it. I just got to sit down and actually do it. They're up to, what, five or six seasons now?
1: This Yeah, this is going to be season six starting today.
0: Yeah, which so, is the, so, yeah.
1: Season six, the final season, they're going to be split into two parts. They're only taking like a month off and then they're going to do the final four episodes. But yeah, this is, this is the end.
0: Yeah. Th- the thing I know about that is that they are going to have, you know, this isn't a spoiler because they, they announced it, which is weird, right? They announced, um, you know, what is it? Uh, Walter and, uh, Jesse are going to be on the show. Um, you know, Je- uh, Jesse is played by, uh, what's his name? I uh, don't have it on top of my head, but the guy's like forty-two years old, still playing. Oh, Aaron, Aaron, um, <laughs> Aaron Paul, right? He's supposed yeah. to be like
1: twenties, yeah.
0: He's supposed to be like nineteen years old, and he's Aaron like Paul. forty-two, or yeah. They had the same problem when I watched um, watched the movie. Uh, what was the movie that they had that was named after the car that he was driving?
1: Oh,
0: El Camino. El Camino. And he's like, you know, everybody on the show aged like seven years <laughs> from the finale. So Aaron yeah. Paul looks older. Uh, Jesse, uh, the guy that was in, can't remember anybody's name, but the guy that was in um, uh, Power of the Dog, he, w- he oh, looked like he oh, was Jesse 40 Plemons, years Jesse Plemons, yeah. Ago. Jesse Plemons looked looked you know, a lot different than he did in the show, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> put it on a be- to wait for Game Night or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how they get around Aaron Paul 42 year 42 year old Aaron Paul playing a 17 year old Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So just real quick cuz there's a bunch of stuff I'm just, you know, going through week to week here. Uh Apple TV Plus's Severance ended. Um I want to talk to you about like the the prestige landscape, you know, prestige TV landscape. Just talking about Breaking Bad and Lost and uh, Mad Men. You know, they they came uh, at the end of, you know, late 2000s, early 2000s, we had all these prestige TVs talking about the golden age of TV, right? We're supposed to be in the golden age of TV where writers have so much more room to breathe, so much more time to tell stories that they wouldn't normally have time to tell in a movie setting, right? But... Um, I feel like we're coming up on the plateau of that. I feel like we're peaking. We, we, we've reached peak prestige TV because I feel like Severance, as good as it was, I kind of feel like they could have done that in like a two-hour movie, two and a two and a half-hour movie, because mm-hmm. there was so much of this show is. Each episode, many of the episodes, especially the middle part of the episodes, were just moving the plot forward very, very slowly. You know, they didn't have a lot to do in terms of like new discoveries, in terms of laying out new new clues, new um, new story arcs or whatever. So this was, I believe this was like seven or eight, ep- eight episodes. I feel like, you know, they were 40, 45 minutes each. I don't know. I think this really could have been a movie. Uh, do you think that a lot of stuff coming mm-hmm. out right now uh, could be movies? Could Moon Knight be a movie? Could of uh, Hawkeye been a movie? What do you think?
1: I mean, I don't know about like the Marvel shows, I'm glad that Marvel is doing something different than the movies. Um, it is. I'm like okay, let's. And I think they they're at a good spot where they're basically miniseries in, at yeah. this point. Um, but one. I, but I do think you have a really good point overall, and I think that a show that. I had the same exact experience as what you're describing with Severance's Squid Game. Um, yeah. Squid Game, obviously, you know, I loved it uh, a lot like a lot of people did. I thought it was a really, really amazing show with some really great stuff in it, but it did not need to be that whole, like, 10, whatever, 13 episodes, I can't remember how long it was, but it was just, like, there was so much just, like, plot moving and machinations and things that ultimately went nowhere, like the whole plot with the brother, like, and, you know, sneaking in did nothing. It it affected enough. It affected so little, and it ultimately ended in just kind of like, like a weird, like almost literal cliffhanger that just kind of just seemed to peter out. And like, there's the the twist at the end. I was like, cut all of that out, and this is like, make it a movie. There's like a really good two to three hour, like five star movie in it. But as it stood, it with it being that show. There's still so much good stuff in it, but there was so much like, okay, like, like we don't need to know this. This is, this is just, you just built world building for the sake of it and just trying to stretch the show out to a show length. And I do think there are, you know, a lot of shows like that that are amazing that have just kind of too much buffer, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I agree with everything you said. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think it's a, it's a thing where, you know, it's a popular thing to do right now. A lot of, sh- a lot of. Very popular programs are, are doing it, and it's such a mainstream thing to do now. If you want to be a good um, – tell a long story or a compli- uh, complicated story and you have a lot of character development, it can be a good platform for that. But, yeah, like I said, just a lot of things going on right now, especially with Severn, especially like a mystery box show like that. I think it really could have been a very tight thriller, you know, something like, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a, just a nice little – Maybe two hour thriller where it's just like, oh wow, that's a really good story and you told it, and we get out of there. <laughs> the, yeah. Not just not to spoil anything, but I felt like that just because of the way it ended, where it was just like, I know, I know, I can see where B is. You're at A, and you've gone from A to A and a half to A and three three quarters. I'm just like, get just get to B. I know where you're going, yeah. and you just you opened the door, but she didn't walk through it. And I was just really disappointed because it was such a great show. Loved watching it week to week. Loved talking about all the, you know, like this, the theories and everything. That's great. I love the, uh, water cooler talk after each episode and going and reading all these articles and listening to podcasts. Joanna Robertson does a great breakdown of it, but yeah, I was just, uh, I feel like this one really is starting to show, um, uh, its age in terms of like the whole prestige TV sort of thing. So
1: Yeah, and it was okay. Well, on that, you kind of bring up a really good point. And what I think is, you know, early on, you know, uh, before the kind of quote-unquote prestige thing, and even during the rise of it, it was, you know, TV shows were so episodic. And then what I really like, I love serialized TV shows, so this kind of rise of prestige was really good for me. Um, You know, I think it's created a lot of quality that I really enjoy. This, you know, okay, we are telling this longer story, but I feel like it's kind of swung too far in that direction. Now we've lost what the threat of what even makes a TV show a TV show and what makes it different than a movie and how now they're just like long movies. And I think someone who does a really great job and someone we've discussed just last um, episode, and I think he's kind of the master of this kind of like striking that great middle ground is Damon Lindelof because yeah. with his shows, obviously, Leftovers, like we discussed, Watchmen does this really well, and Lost was the one that really set the trend for this is making a overarching story but split into bits that are their own little mini stories. And the way he does that is kind of focus on characters and be like, okay, this week is a Jack story. This next week is a Kate story. All right. Now we're at a John Locke story. Now we're at a Desmond story, you know, for lost that, or, you know, even with like the leftovers, it, 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 even though it didn't have flashbacks, like lost did, It's like, okay, well this week, you know, we're going to talk about Kevin. This week is going to be a Nora. And this week is going to be, um you know, on the preacher. And just, you know, the way, It doesn't even have to be character focused, but to have like these little mini arcs instead of here's just a long story and where you draw the dividing lines is relatively arbitrary. Having these little stories within a bigger story is something that I feel like makes these TV shows so good. And we are kind of losing that a little bit right now with some of these shows.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely touched on what I'm missing out of this because I feel like you said it's about emotion, it's about the characters. Um, Severance was definitely about that at the beginning and I feel like they lost the plot there um, because it very much became about the process. It very much became about the uh, machinations of, of how does the company work? How does Every out of the Keeping Secrets? How does the transition from the Audi to the innie work? And yeah, like you said, this show touched on things like you know the guy, um, Adam Scott, uh, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the first episode. His wife dies, and he's going. He wants to go to the severance program to basically, you know, try to forget about it and just process, not process it and just put it in the back of his mind. And a uh, theory that Joanna Robertson put out there was like, you know, the the any even though it's a new person is still carrying the weight of the loss that uh, Adam Scott's character had. You know, so it's very much about like mm-hmm. we, processing loss and grief and trying to, you know. Uh, compartmentalize ourselves to such an extent that we don't feel those feelings anymore. So it really lost the plot there, uh, especially at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. So um, just getting to touch on a few other Apple TV shows, Pachinko. Really great show. Uh, really another like um, example of East Asian and just really great um, different stories that are being told today. Uh, this is a great example of why Prestige TV or what Prestige TV can do. Really great. Like you said, this is all about character development. This is all about... Um, This is about a a multi-generation of Koreans moving from Korea to Japan in the early 40s, and it jumps to the late 80s. So it's very much a grand story, and I feel like the um, Prestige TV format is a great service for that. Uh, The opening sequence, I forgot to keep mentioning when I talked about this last couple times, it's really, really great. I love it. It almost brings me to tears every time I watch it because the show itself is about them, it's it's so much of them suffering because they're immigrants, they're uh, very poor, they're from a broken family, they're from very strict parents. There's so much pain and grief going on during the show. The characters are never smiling, they're always working, they're always just trying to survive. In the beginning of the show is this great like um, showing the characters in their traditional um, costuming, but also dancing and being happy and so much, showing so much joy. And it's just really great um, um, dichotomy and, and uh, compartmentalization of showing them in one uh, in, in a uh, way that they never really get to be shown on the show itself. So it's a really uh, if you don't want to watch the show, at least watch the beginning. It's a really great, uh, really great little mini, mini thing there. Recommend watching that.
1: You're really selling me on Apple Plus. I'm gonna to have to get it. Yeah. I just had the trial. Yeah. Um. When uh, I, so to watch Coda and Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But man, I'm I'm gonna have to get into this. Watch some of these shows.
0: Yeah, they're really great. Uh, really well shot. Really, really great stuff on there. And then just lastly, really uh, quickly, uh, Slow Horses is still going. Still a great uh, little mini mystery there. So if you are like, uh, wet noir, <laughs> gross fat uh-huh. guys, uh, fat. Gary Oldman just yelling at a bunch of people, uh, we'll check out Slow Horses. <laughs> uh, then moving All on nice. to something we both watched is Moon Knight, episode three. I don't have the title pulled up, uh, but uh, what did you think of Moon Knight, episode three?
1: See, I think this might have been my favorite episode, um, hmm. and I think hmm. the reason is because I, I really kind of am not that interested in the quote-unquote Steven character. Hmm. Um, I am, but Mark, I think, the mercenary is really interesting. And this is the first episode where it's really been mostly from his perspective, where he has been in the driver's seat and you've gotten to see more of him and you've gotten to see Oscar Isaac just kind of doing his regular voice, not the whole, hey, hello, I walk, I walk in the shop. You know, he's doing this like, ah oh, I'm Oscar <laughs> Isaac, you know? And, uh, you know, you get more of the, I'm a big mythology nerd and I love like, oh we're going to like, going into the pyramid to meet all the other avatars of the gods. And it feels like things are really cooking. Like the first two episodes was like, all right, we're just kind of setting things up and now we're into it. Um, I think that you know Mark is seems to be a very interesting kind of complex character. This mercenary who's like, maybe I'm not doing the greatest things, and you're you're getting to find a little bit about more about his person, uh, personality, and you know he might have done some fucked up things in the past. Like, so I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I did too. Well, um, you know, being the person I am and watching these things as I do, uh, I'm just talking about the the, um, you know. These these uh, stories being told with you know the TV budget could really really feel it here. It really feel the uh, <laughs> lack of a budget here. Uh, there was a scene yeah. where he's talking to. Um, he's talking to the guys. Or no, he's talking to Kanchu, and he's out in like the daylight or whatever. And uh, look at the background. The background is just CGI. The CGI in the background was awful, awful, awful CGI in the background. I <laughs> uh, felt that felt like the chase scene wasn't done very well. There's, a, there's actually a shot that people have picked up on where you can see the cameraman like off to the side. Um, this is this show is really I think suffering uh, pretty pretty uh, brutally from a lack of a budget. But uh, you know, barring all that, I think you know Oscar Isaac, love him. Love him, love him, love him. Watched um, Most Violent Year this year with him. And Jessica Chastain, I think he's really, really great at this. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see who the third personality is. Uh, I think it's interesting to show the back and forth between uh, Mark and Stephen and how they're both. They sort of have a similar uh, moral compass in that they won't uh, hurt anybody uh, as long as it's not necessary. And then you have them cut back and forth to somebody else and they're all, they're all murdered. And so they're like, who did this? Did you do that? No, that wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> I that was yeah. a really great. Yeah. That was a really great moment. Um, then the lunar eclipse that they do was really cool. I think it's very interesting to be, like, be in this world and have these things go on, like the, you know, the stuff in Endgame, the snap in, in, uh, Infinity War. And then you have like the Eternal battles. I just want to like have them sit down with somebody and be like, so <laughs> what's been going on? You, uh, you got snapped away, right? And you came back and it was five years later. And yep. then you had giant, uh, giant thing in the sky, giant thing up here in the sky. And then you have this giant God almost try to rip the earth in half. And now you've got like the, uh, the earth is being, you know, this thing in the sky. I just like to, like to be able to have talk, <laughs> be an episode where somebody sits down and be like, what is, I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't know what's going on. I'm just living day to day. Now I just got to go to work and do my job. Yeah. It'd be very interesting. So yeah. I,
1: I saw this meme that it was just like, uh, I don't, it was like, I don't understand how half the universe can just disappear and then people just go on with their lives like nothing happened. And after this whole world-changing event, it's all like nobody cares anymore. And then it's like, oh, then I lived through 2020. Okay, yeah, I get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. What was I talking about that happened that people were just like, oh, yeah, that happened. And then then we moved on. Um, damn, what was it? I watched something and they were like, this, this, thing, this thing happened. And we just have to kind of move on and forget about it. Was it? Oh, we were about the uh, Oscars and the, 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 the slap. No, the slap, the uh, Will Smith slap. Uh, and they're just like, yep, this guy got slapped and we're just gonna <clears throat> move right on. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's a very good yeah. uh, explanation there. Yep. So that's very good. Moon Knight is very good. Uh, they're on episode three. Um, then there's like halfway done with the season. I think it it's also suffering. They, they talked about this on the Midnight Boys where it's suffering from that thing of like, you're halfway through the season and we're not sure. You know what the villain's motive is. We're not sure what the villain's goal is. We're not sure if the villain is the villain or just a um, just a puppet of of a bigger villain. Um, we're not sure how this connects to the larger MCU. Because I, I, I you know, I say this all mm-hmm. the time. I want to see these shows connected to the larger MCU uh, more than they have um so it's going to be very interesting i think they i think these episodes are you know at least they are longer than remember i remember uh when all this started and one division was the first shows out and they had like you know 22 minute episodes (laughs) it's just like what the Mm -hmm. fuck come on but now these episodes are you know 40 45 minute long so that's that's better at least so definitely looking forward to see what they're going to do with the last half yep
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah what's going on with the glass
1: in his shoes i gotta figure out what's going on with that
0: yeah, what's up, what's up with that? Um, you know, how is he getting his power? What's the staff power thing? Does the purple have anything to do with the power stone? Does it have anything to do with chaos magic? They, they need to, yeah. <laughs> <They> answer, <laughs> answer the nerds. Nerds have questions and they need to be answered. <laughs> so uh, one more thing before we get to uh, the movie of the week. Um, the dropout, I just finished this like, a few hours before we hopped on the mics. Um, this is obviously the uh, Theranos, the Elizabeth Holmes story, where they've talked about this, again, talking about um, the stuff on the Prestige TV podcast, the uh, Robertson host. And I think they, they, they've they talked about other shows that are in this vein, you know, the uh, Uber story, the WeWork story, and they've sort of singled this one out as the strongest of those. So I definitely uh, picked this one to be the one that I'm checking out. And it is really, really good Um I think uh, I don't have her name pulled up, but um, the the main actress is playing Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, thank you. She's incredible in this. She's a, one of the uh, most underrated actresses working today. She's really, really, yeah. really good in this. Not to spoil anything. I mean, it's a it's a true, it's a true story, so you can't really spoil yeah. any we, of I, it.
1: Yeah, we, we all know what happened. <laughs> it's
0: very it's Elizabeth very Holmes. recent. It's like it's so recent yeah. that like she just got um, they just uh, found her guilty, and they're doing they're, they're going to do the sentencing in September. Uh, but there's so many moments, especially in the last episode where, um, you know, it's the episode that everyone's talking about. And then the moment in the episode, everyone's talking about where she's, <clears throat> she calls an Uber, her company, this is, uh, in 2018, her company is just basically done the, uh, some company, some government agency called the CMS basically shut her down, shuts down the company for at least two years. She can't run a company for 10 years and she's, uh, walking out of, of, a place where she worked and she's walking out of her office she calls an uber and she's waiting there on the side of the road with her dog and she goes just screaming 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 like three or four times in a row just her hair's everywhere and then she's on the ground and the uber pulls up and she just her face just goes you know flat just has no emotion to it whatsoever and the guy uber pulls up and he's like are you lizzie and she's like yeah, it's me and the entire she, like her her whole demeanor completely changes on a dime. It was it was incredible. And one of the most incredible things about it is, you know, throughout the throughout the entire series, Elizabeth Holmes put on this like voice you know one of the most famous things about her is her mm. voice she's like talks like this with her mouth really oh. down like this yeah i just yeah i'm really she's <laughs> she had this interview recently where the uh washington post article came out she has to do you know damage control so she does an interview and the interviewer is like you know asking her all these questions in her entire the the answer she giving over and over again she's like i'm devastated i'm just de- it's devastating i really because the the you know the pr person told her right before the interview you know, basically you know hammer home you're emotionally devastated you know she keeps saying the word devastated over and over again it's so annoying she's like i'm, I'm just devastated you know i just saw she's like yeah but you hurt people like people could have gotten re- seriously injured because of your misdiagnosis she's like judge, uh, devastating it's really i'm sorry and um uh, I'm, I'm sorry to the shareholders and I'm really, uh, it's devastating. Really, really devastating. <laughs> you have to watch this just for her performance. And also, uh, we talked about this with another show. I think we we're talking about or a movie. Oh, we we're talking about, um, the Eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, Michael Showalter directed that and he directed yeah. some of the episodes here. So I would definitely check that out if you're a fan of his and just want to know more about her more about the, uh, yeah. the Therano stuff.
1: I love, I love Showalter and like I'm such a big fan of Amanda Seyfried like I'm I you know like you said she's a very very underrated actress I she's incredible um, also I'm a big fan of uh, you know we've talked about Lost a lot obviously I'm a big fan of Naveen Andrews um, who plays you know kind of her second hand man slash romantic lead um, yeah. so you know all that's I, I, it's everything here is like pointing me to see it it's just one of those things I've been watching so much stuff recently it's just I haven't had time but it's something I definitely want to check out
0: yeah yeah it's it's you know some of the most like um some of the biggest stories we tell is like about con people. Some of the most interesting stuff I watch, you know, The the Sting and like uh, Paper Moon I watched recently. Some of the most like oldest stories we tell, right? Because there was the thing in the Bible about about a guy talking to a uh, burning bush and now we have Christianity. It's like (laughs) our entire (laughs) civilization has been built upon people conning other people into doing things. And it's just so, it's, it's you know, it's no no surprise that there are so many stories out there right now about, you know, fraudulent uh, entrepreneurs out there right mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah uh, absolutely
0: yeah so it was so i want to I get to the movie real quick but just you know it's so frustrating to see how um supposedly very intelligent, you know, very uh, business-minded, very business, um, uh, these, these, these leaders in the business world are supposed to be so, you know, smart and effective and so, you know, insightful about how to invest in their money and how to build companies from the ground up. And at the uh, start of the series, there was this moment where they are, they're out of money, and Elizabeth Holmes is brought into the board meeting. The board is like, okay, so we're out of money. We lost um, confidence in you. We have a vote of no confidence. We have a new CEO. He's right here. We already picked him out. So we're going to just uh, say goodbye to you. And she's just like, okay, okay, so... Um I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But um, I have a $20 million uh, capital being uh, infused in the company today. And he's like, who? Who is this person? He's like, my friend is going to invest the company in $20 million. It's coming. It's right now. It's like, oh, okay. Well, never mind then. You're you're back (laughs) on CEO. And (laughs) just like, what the fuck? Two seconds ago, you you were going to fire her. You were already. You had it all done. And you could bring her back in. And she didn't even have the money, dude. Like she went to – to her Bawani, her friend, the guy you are talking about, and she goes to him and she tells him what happened. He's like, so you, where's the money coming from? And she's like, well, I was going to talk to you about that. <laughs> she didn't even <laughs> have the money when she was talking to her board. And the guy was like, so you didn't, you, you're going to ask me for the 20 million right now, aren't you? He's like, yeah, can I have $20 million to keep my company running? He's like, okay, all right. It is just insane the amount of times that she was given a second chance. And the only thing she did what to save her skin was just to be like more bullshit. And it's just, and yeah. it's crazy to me that you can just go to board and be like, I, I'm going to get $20 million. And all she said, supposedly, again, this is, you know, based on a true story, but they can, um, you know, have, they can uh, put facts in here that might not have happened. They have, you know, conversations that might not have happened, but mm. At a certain point, she had to say, she basically said to them, I have $20 million from my friend. Not not documented, not, here's a bank account, not, here's the money, here's where it's coming from. Not She didn't even say who it was coming from, right? She just said, yeah, I have $20 million mm-hmm. from her friend. Really? You're going to base all of this business acumen off of a woman in her 20s saying, ah, it's coming from somewhere. I can't tell you where. It's insane to me. It's yeah. absolutely insane yeah uh, yeah
1: so it's I, I guess, yeah it's it's yeah. Just a really interesting crazy story like it's it's one of those things that's like you know i, re- I was reading william goldman's book and it's like you sometimes like you you like you have these insane true stories happen and you want to write them into you know your 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 story and the people are like oh that never happened you'll never believe but it. it's like no this was this would never happen you know but it's like oh this actually did happen you know
0: Yeah. It's just, it's insane how much people can get away with by just being confident, you know, just walk into a room like you own and just like, I have money. I'm getting money. I don't have it, but I'll get it. (laughs) You just get away with it. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, uh, dedicate the last half of the show to uh, the movie. So why don't you talk about some stuff you've been watching? You watched, uh, Captain Ahab, the story of Steve, Dave Steve. What's this about?
1: Yes. So this is, um, the uh, new, um, it's from Alex Rubenstein and um, John Boyce, the new kind of docu-series. You know, you could, you know, consider it like a show, or you could, you know, maybe c- uh, call it a long movie, because um, it's four parts. Uh, it's a doc uh, sports documentary, um, it's the same guys who did, uh, it comes from SB Nation, same guys who did uh, History of the Seattle Mariners and Fal- Atlanta Falcons, which I've talked about, and it is just it's graphs and it's charts and it's just sports statistics. And it seems like it should be the most boring thing in the world, but my God, it is so riveting. Like these, these guys managed to take these just, you know, things that should, you know, put you to sleep, you know, baseball. I'm not super into, um, but God, like you, you connect to this guy, this story of this uh, pitcher who I'm, you know, I didn't, Dave Steve was kind of, I guess a bigger name in the eighties, um, but I had never heard of him before, even with my dad being a big baseball guy. And you, by the end of it, you're like, this is this is like my favorite player ever. Like the stories that he goes through. And you just see how many times over and over he keeps getting a no pitcher. Like the end of the second episode, I was like ready to cry because I was so heartbroken. the end of the third episode, I was just more uplifted than I've ever been. And the fourth episode is just this really interesting coda to the whole thing. Um, it's all up on YouTube now. They just finished it. The last episode aired. Um, about a week ago, um, so I would recommend it to, especially to baseball fans, but to anybody who is interested in docu series at all, definitely check out uh, the story of Dave Steve, um Because God, it's it's really cool.
0: Uh, uh, nice. Uh, where is that?
1: That's just on, on YouTube. Just uh, oh. look up, you know, just Google Captain Ahab Dave Stebe or look up SB Nation, um, and it's there.
0: Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. No, number of stuff can be you think it'll be boring, but you know, like they showed in Moneyball. Uh, you know, if you if you document it correctly and you show like the background stuff and how people are actually uh, you know selling the if you, you have to sell the stats in terms of like telling a story about the about the people. So yeah, this sounds very very interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. This is not kind of the same. You know, if Moneyball was a low-fi documentary, almost this is kind of what it would be.
0: Nice. Awesome. And they also checked out uh, Michael Bay's new film, Ambulance. and Am- L.A. Lance, right? That's their emphasizing yeah. the, uh, <laughs> like the L.A. LA in there,
1: up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, me being from, you know, Southern California, growing up near L.A. It is a very L.A. movie. Um, this is a good movie. Uh, this is, I went in expecting to be like, alright, you know, I'm just going to have some fun, watch a, you know, pretty decent action film. Because um, part of me was like, even though it's Michael Bay, I do... There's not a lot of guys who can get just mid-budget action films that aren't part of a franchise made anymore or, you know, action films that are not part of a franchise made period anymore. Michael Bay is one of the few guys. Um, but I think, and I'm just going to say that uh, a kind of definitive statement here, this is Michael Bay's best film. Wow. Um, I think it's wow, his wow, wow. best reviewed film. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think it's one of only two films of his that have a positive Rotten Tomato score but um, I think this is right in the perfect spot for Michael Bay, which is a it's a made for $40 million. It was made because he took the project on because he couldn't make anything else during the pandemic. And this was a relatively for him, small scale of just kind of mostly being three characters in a ambulance kind of going around and then it would cut to all these establishing shots and action scenes and stuff. Um but it wasn't something on like the level of a transformers. And the, I think the limitations for Bay, a lot of his movies in this price range, pain and gain being another good example um, are really good. I think that he, anything under a hundred million dollars that Bay makes is really awesome. Um, this is, I think um, just at the be- one of the best action thrillers I've seen. It's a good heist movie. Um, you know, it's still a Michael Bay movie. Don't get me wrong. Um, but but yeah i i had a ton of fun with it it's exactly what you want from just a saw a really good action thriller like a good summer blockbuster that you don't really see anymore like these were the movies that were like really big in like the like like early 2000s that have kind of just disappeared now everything has to be part of this big franchise it's just a good standalone action movie and we don't get those anymore to be honest
0: yeah, nice. The, the thing I heard about it is it's just the most Michael Bay. <laughs> it's Michael Bay yeah. doing the most pure, purely Michael Bay thing. It's just so many, so many drone shots, so many circling the guy mm-hmm. carried, so many uh, circling the person shots. You know, it's just him mm-hmm. just uh, leaning into what he does best, or what he is most known for. I guess you should say, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. there are some great performances in this too. I should say, like Gyllenhaal is giving this kind of like sort of. Unhinged, but like just kind of you know, Matt almost manic, but just great performance and the relationship that he has with um, the character played by uh, I can never pronounce his name. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Yahala Abdul Mahin, the second, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I he's think it's the like, guy he was obviously, uh, yeah, oh, I think you. it
0: was uh, yaya a yaya Abdul Madin, yeah, ten? yeah, yeah, something like uh, that. But yeah.
1: yeah, you know, obviously he's from us and Aquaman, um, and Candyman, uh, and of course Morpheus Um, yeah 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 he he's so good and the relationship this kind of like antagonistic relationship between these brothers who obviously clearly love each other but have all these issues and they're really good um the third lead who is um kind of you know the one has has the biggest arc uh played by elia gonzalez who i'm not really familiar with her other work but she was really great just the kind of three of them and then you get some other characters uh there's uh i think For Michael Bay, a really, really well handled gay character that felt like maybe he was like putting this in there because he's like, I haven't really handled gay characters super well in the past. So I'm going to kind of put a he's like this. He's basically the only cop who is isn't A, an idiot and or B, evil. Um, So (laughs) it was was kind of nice to see that character. There's hints. At least I took it that like maybe he this character had some kind of uh, gay relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal in the past. Um, that might be me reading too much into like uh, queer subtext, but that's Mm. what I took away. But yeah, um, if you want to just, and it's, I think it's going to be on Peacock, but I would say if you can see this movie in the theater, go ahead and do it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely very interested. I think that's a way for this to come to VOD. Uh, I think it is playing around here, Mm -hmm. but I'll wait for it to come to VOD. Yeah, I've heard really good things about it, like one of of his best. And you're correct, it was the only positive rating he has on Rotten Tomatoes so far, other than The Rock. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah,
1: which, by the way, I will say one thing, he did fucking quote The Rock in the first 20 minutes of this movie. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, are you Michael Bay, quoting your own goddamn movie. (laughs) Uh, That's
0: hilarious. (laughs) Jesus. All right, so um, let's see. Do you want to talk about better call? Have you seen are the other are the out yet? Has this started?
1: So, yeah, I've been, I just because it's as we're you know, this is before obviously we're recording this before the day comes out, uh, but I did just uh re binge because it just got added to Netflix the previous season, um, season five. Uh, so I was like, all right, let me watch a little bit of this, catch up a little bit, and I just like burned through like all 10 episodes. Like, I was like, wow. I was so back into it again. I think this is such a clever, incredible show. Um, unlike Breaking Bad, which I feel like takes a little bit to get going, Better Call Saul right away is great. Um, and I think that all of the characters... Um, Breaking Bad, I think there was a few characters that you're like, okay, I don't really like this character. Um, you know, obviously, Skylar famously copped a lot of hate, um, rightly or wrongly. But and she was a character kind of a lot of people love to hate. Uh, this char- this show, even the characters who are bad sociopathic people, you're kind of like, wow, I really like you. Um, I think that the, especially uh, Kim Wexler is one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. She's so good in this and, you know, it's it's maybe, I think it's definitely the best prequel that I've ever seen. You're really curious to see how it's going to end and tie into Breaking Bad and um, what's going to happen to all the characters that are not in Breaking Bad. You're like, oh. Maybe things are not going to work out super well for, you know, uh, for, you know, Kim and Lalo and um, anyone else who doesn't, you know, it's not a spoiler to say they're not in Breaking Bad. um, So you don't know what's going to happen yet, but probably not going to be good uh, because they're not around. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I've been loving it. and I'm really excited to watch the new season.
0: Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to get caught up with that um, at some point. And we already talked about Moon Knight. So uh, after the break, I'm going to take a break real quick. Take uh, Go to the bathroom. Uh, then we'll come back and we'll talk about Everything Everywhere All at Once. And we're back and talking about the Daniels' new film, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mrs.
1: Wang. Mrs. Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am
0: paying attention.
1: <gasps> now, you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. <gasps> I can see where this story is going. It does not look good.
0: (laughs) What's happening? Evelyn, I'm not your husband. I'm another version of one from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today, a uh, time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns.
1: You can access all of the memories, their emotions, even the skills.
0: There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses And you, Maybe your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you.
1: I am really good. I don't believe you. Wow, that looks really good.
0: Uh he's waiting in the wings the universe he speaks of senseless things.
1: Is so much bigger than you, and me. than you realize
0: of all the places I could be I just want to just share with you remember our mission concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse.
1: There's no way I am the Evelyn you are looking for. Every
0: rejection, every disappointment has led you here to this moment. Don't let anything distract you from it. So this is an incredible movie, I think. <laughs> I want to get into your <laughs> response, but uh, you know, I went and saw this with my mom. Uh, Pack theater one of the best theater going experiences I've had very polite very quiet uh, theater uh, going experience um, just great really great um, you know I, th- I don't think it was an IMAX but it felt like it really big screen nice sound system uh, the Daniels is are somebody you know I'm really well aware of being a 24 person and seeing their uh, last movie um, Swiss Army Man you know going into this I kind of had an idea of what was going to happen I haven't seen any mm-hmm. I haven't seen many trailers, but I knew who was in it. I knew that, um, uh, let's see, you know, Michelle Yao was in it. I knew uh, uh, Jaquan is in it, you know, short round uh, from the, from the, uh, Indiana Jones movie. So I was and really And he prepared. still
1: sounds like Short Round. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> he was. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. You know, he's saying how he wasn't, he hasn't been anything for a very long time. He worked with mm-hmm. Wong Kar He was his first AD on his movie 2046. So he's been, he, I just listened to a bunch of podcasts huh. with pretty much everybody that was um, part of it. And he was saying how he was still part of the movie industry. He just hadn't been acting for a long time. So, you know, part of this movie and why I enjoy it so much, uh, spoiler alert, this is one of my favorite, favorite movies I've seen. A very long time, maybe ever. (laughs) So um, he was saying, you know, he behind the scenes and he, he had to do a lot of training to, he did a lot of his own stunts. So I think that's part of why the movie looks so amazing as it does because he did so much of his own stunts. And he was saying how oh, that, that first scene, first action scene with the fanny pack, he actually did it himself and it took two takes. And the first take he messed up and he was feeling like, oh boy, can I do this? And he got it on the second take. So that was a really great moment of him just you know talking about that. Um, you know, this movie is basically <clears> – <throat> Avengers Endgame for people like us, people that love movies, yeah. but especially love, yeah. you know, Kung Fu movies, martial arts movies, Hong Kong movies, uh, you know, Wushu, the Crutch and Tiger, Heads and Dragon um, is in here. The elements of that are in here. You know, one Y elements are in here. There's yeah. so many great Absolutely. shots of like, yeah, Terrence Malick-esque shots of Joy running around as a toddler <laughs> always gets to me, things like that. Uh, extremely uh, emotionally resonant, you know, so many... Uh, you know, keeping with the nods and homages, you have a Stephen Chow feeling of, you know, those type of movies, uh, Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer. Mm-hmm. There's so many things in yeah. this movie just just for uh, people like us. You know, it really what it really is one of my favorite movies I've seen in a very long long time. So, uh, what did you think of this?
1: <laughs> oh, I I thought it was absolutely amazing. Uh, I just I saw it last night, so I feel like I'm even still processing it now. But yeah, this was you know. At, everything you said um is is really true this is such a amazing film lovers movie that is it just hits on all cylinders i was also a really big fan of swiss army man um but i you know so that kind of weirdness but it felt like they this is the next logical step and just takes everything about that movie to the next level i love all the themes they hit on about like Yeah, you might not be exactly where you want to be in life and, you know, but your failures are kind of like what make you special and, like, they're your superpower. It's like you've experienced all these things so you can, you know, do anything and, you know, you might not be, oh, you might think, okay, well, my life had been glamorous and, you know, I became this, you know, famous singer, then my life would be so much better. Oh, but then you would have missed out, you know, that when they go into the in the mood for love kind of like a multiverse part then they they have uh they're just like oh i would have loved to do that but and it's so it's great that it touches on that but then it also just can jump at and feel like totally of the same piece and jump into like this ratatouille kind of parody at the same time i I fucking loved that so yeah yeah yeah. it was it's (laughs) so there's so much to say about this movie like you know i don't even know where to start exactly because you know it's everything everywhere all at once you know where how do you even begin to break it down and and describe it but you know I, I i loved everything about it i thought the performances like you mentioned were great I also gotta give a shout out to uh jenny slate and james hong who yeah. i feel like they always give great performances jane james hong who i had to look up how old he was he's like 93 or so because like this guy has been the old asian guy yeah. in every movie going back to blade runner which came out six years before i was born so mm-hmm. like i'm in my 30s now so like I was like, "Wow, this guy! Like he, he this guy just never stops working." I, I, I fucking love, like he's he's one of my absolute favorite character actors. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was absolutely amazing i need to think about it for like another week i feel like too uh so yeah really really good i was really really um amazed by it
0: <clears throat> yeah yeah really well said i again you gotta watch it again i gotta think about it again because there's so much going on <laughs> really the everything yeah. every, everything everywhere at once is a very apt title for this movie yeah uh but yeah, just, it's, a, it's such a miracle that it is so emotionally impactful and it works on so many different levels because, like you said, you have so many people in here that you've never really seen um, do what they're doing in this movie, movie before. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis plays Deirdre and just plays this really like – a <laughs> woman that works in a tax office, you know, she's, she's schlubby, she's got her um, mm-hmm. crooked back and she's got a gut, but then she just transforms into this like demonic beast character throughout uh, <laughs> <laughs> halfway into it. So everybody's playing so many different types of people at the exact same time. Uh, Kihi Kwan is incredible because, you know, he plays this really um, shy, demure um, father and husband and just... Uh, transforms on at the turn of a turn of a dime you just see him transform in the elevator be like i'm not your husband i'm this guy i'm this guy from this from this alpha universe and he puts these um headphones on uh evelyn on her head and she looks at her life and sees her life as a complete picture and she's just like sitting there stunned and <laughs> michelle yeah i was talking about how she loved this role so much because she can finally you know uh, you know, show her comedic side and, and be that person. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever trusted her to do that before, given, given her the opportunity to do that before. So she was really, really excited to do this. And I was really happy to see her do that because I feel like that's been, been part of her um, acting chops. You could see that in so many, in so many roles she's been in. I went, I went back and watched, you know, things like, um, not police story, but um, uh, what's it called? The one with Jackie Chan, the first one she was in, but yeah, she was amazing in that. And she has that side to her and it's really great to be able to express that. And then you have, um, you know, Stephanie Hsu, who, who was on a podcast, there's a really great podcast called, they call us Bruce, and it's two um, Asian guys that work in the film industry and they talk to pretty much everybody that was part of this. They talked to Stephanie Hsu, they talked to Kihi Kwan, It's really great emotional moment they have at the beginning where they're saying like, you know, when, every, when, everybody, when anybody ever asked me who my, you know... Um, the people, I, the people I look up to are it's 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 him. It's that it's short round, mm. um, and what he brought to to the world in terms of showing what Asian people can do in a movie, and like you said, Jenny Slate was great in this. Um, you have so many so many great moments. Um, let me just see, go to my review here. You know, you have Stephanie Shu being um, the person that is basically controlling everything. There'll be uh, you know spoilers for this entire movie because kind of have to, but she's you know there's so many great shots where at the very beginning when you figure out not figure out who's doing it but you know who's looking for her and you have that shot of her like basically dialing in to different universes and you see her head like tilting back and forth and finally locking in to the universe that she's in that was a great shot and um mm. yeah she is basically the the um the catalyst for the entire movie movie going going forward because you know she you know she was supposed to be like this, um, her as a character, her from the alpha universe was supposed to be like the most powerful, um, you know, person that could travel between dimensions. But, you know, obviously they always have that, um, that sort of trope where the most, the strongest person be- becomes the most evil person. You see that in, you know, Star Wars mm-hmm. with, uh, Kylo Ren going, going out of control. And, you know, maybe they should have killed her, <laughs> killed her from the beginning, <laughs> but you see that also here where you have the grand, grandfather. Was it in? No, it was like the alpha version of the grandfather you know um, using the main timeline grandfather's body to try to kill her um, that was a really great scene yeah like I said there's so many way, different uh, places we we could talk about but uh, just so many great performances in this like you said James James Wong is really great in this playing the, playing the, the grandfather and, uh, and maybe I can take it from here because I'm trying to look through my notes here but what what do you, you think of just the uh, the action set pieces in this movie?
1: Oh, I thought the action in this was incredible, you know, especially on. I mean, I don't know what the budget was in this movie, but it was definitely, you know, it would have been smaller than a Marvel movie, but it still managed to make everything look amazing and incredible. Um, They did a really good job, I think, of blending practical and, um, you know, CGI elements in a way that felt completely natural. Uh, You know, because obviously you're doing all these big universe jumping things. But then you have, you know, like you said, people who are actually training in this this fighting style. You have, of course, the raccoon, which was a puppet. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just it was so innovative and creative in every action scene. The whole thing to me was is very existential. um, And like, you know, it reminded me a lot of I'm a really big fan of the philosopher Soren Kierkegaard. And it it reminded me a lot of, like, kind of his writings. He's kind of seen as the father or grandfather by the existential philosophy movement and just kind of like, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, how this movie is kind of like, okay, like, there's so many different things you could do or be. And, you know, maybe, like, because there's endless possibility, that means nothing matters. But that doesn't mean that, you know, the connections that you make don't matter and... Also, you know, Kierkegaard was also big on, like, you know, nothing really matters, but, you know, maybe we can, like, deal with that through humor, you know, and, and that mm-hmm. this, you know, humor obviously is a very, very big through line in this, where it is all this kind of, like, crazy, insane things happening. But it, you're also just laughing, and while also being incredibly moved at the same time, and also being like, "Wow, this is a really cool action scene that is doing really innovative stuff." You know, like they, it feels like every time they would jump, in, like, okay, she learned a new skill, it was utilized really well and and uh, really smartly.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to talk about Kihi Queen uh, Kwan again. Just you know, I was talking in my review about you know how this how the movie jumps between. Um, silly and action and heartfelt stuff. Then you have that moment, um, when Wayman is talking to, there's that, um, you know, really great scene that's lit, like, um, in the mood for love. They're in the alley and it's lit emerald green. And he says, you think because I'm kind, that means I'm naive and maybe I am, but it's, it's strategic and necessary. This is how I fight. So even though you have broken my heart yet again, I wanted to say in another life, I have really liked to just do laundry and taxes with you. <laughs> it says oh my God, yeah. such a heartbreaking such a good moment, line. such a great yeah. line. And just there's, there's so many lines like that sprinkled throughout the movie. Um, yeah. Which is incredible. I just want to talk about the production design and the costuming. Um, let me see. Uh, who did the uh, costuming? Um, let me see. I don't have her. I thought I put her name in here. Uh, let's see if I can
1: find it. Um, students, oh, there's a whole li- list of people. I'm looking at the, uh,
0: yeah. letterbox, but Shirley Kukatara? Kukarata? karata. Yes, uh, surely, surely the Kurata, yeah. Yeah, it looked, it looked incredible. Uh, Joy Wang slash Jobu Tanatapaki, <laughs> her wardrobe at the yeah. end looks like it's an, it's like an amalgamation of Billie Eilish's wardrobe. You know, somebody just yeah. tore through and just wore whatever they could in there. <laughs> it's just awesome. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it, like you said, it, it is a story about, like, pushing back against nihilism and despair. Because there's so much in this world right now, you can just look around and be like, yeah, this is all fucked. You could, you could say everything fucks and nothing matters, or you can just try, you know, pushing back against it and saying, you know, okay, mm-hmm. if, if everything is fucked, then just why not be kind? You know, why why be an asshole? You know, that, that's really what the story is really about to me. I don't know if that struck a chord with you at all.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that is kind of the big thing. You know, it's like, okay, like, you know, especially with people who are not necessarily religious and you're just kind of, you know, like, oh, well, you know, what does any of this mean? What is it for? Uh, If we, you know, you know, pushing back against that whole nihilism thing, it's like, well, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, do things really matter? Well, the connections we make matter to us. And that is something, you know, that is these moments that we might take for granted. We might just be sad that we are living this, you know,
0: uh,
1: normal life. But there's so much beauty in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what the, the daughter was saying at the end was she was saying something like, you know, you could be anywhere. You could be anybody, anytime, anywhere. Why would you want to be in a reality, in a world where I'm your daughter? Because she felt like such a failure to her mother. And, you know, there's that great scene where she, at the beginning, she was trying to introduce her, uh, Becky, Joy's, Joy's girlfriend to um, Evelyn's father. Uh, and be like, you know, this is her friend, and this is her friend because I don't want to say it's her bo- girlfriend. But then they, you know, uh, at, the, at the end, she does actually introduce her as her girlfriend. So that was a really great um, bookend to that. <clears throat> I do just want to read... Um, David Ehrlich's uh, last paragraph in his review, because I think it's really great, um, he says, quote, in creating a multiverse so wide that even the greatest of miracles are reduced to mere statistical inevitabilities, the Daniels have made something truly special, a movie that celebrates the infinite possibilities of its medium by finding a measure of, I wouldn't trade it for the world, beauty in every fermentation. A movie that reconciles the smallness of our lives with the infinity of their potential. A movie that will forever change the way you think about Bluetooth, butt plugs, and bread." bird, and everything bagels and everything else. This may not be the only universe there is, but it's the only one we've got. So if we're able to see it clearly, there's an outside chance that it might be the only one we need. That was a really great uh, closing sentence, yeah. closing paragraph on his. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's definitely. there's just... So much, so much in this freaking movie yeah. <laughs> that we can talk about. I'm um, just trying to uh, go through my review here, see if there's anything I missed. Um, it's it's just inc- going back to the miracleness of it. You know, they one of them, one of I think it was Daniel Kwan who directed the, the video for Little John's Turned Down for What, and he was actually the guy in there that was, you know, gyre- I don't, have you have you seen this? Uh, have you seen the music video for that? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I re- highly recommend watching this after we're done here. It's just a, uh, it's okay. about a guy in like a, an apartment building where he starts on the roof and he basically just starts humping the roof so hard that he, that he busts down into the apartment next, uh, below <laughs> him. And then there's this woman there that's like shocked. It's like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And then he just like starts gyrating at her and like hypnotizes her and she starts gyrating And then it just keeps going and going until everybody's just gyrating at the bottom. It's really, <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> insane. I was like, wow, that's, that's incredible. Um, yeah, it's just very heartfelt. You know, uh Michelle Yao was incredible as as Evelyn. Um yeah, just just so much just so much here. Um there's a moment with the with the rocks at the end or, you know, near the end where there just it's complete silence so again you have that juxtaposition of so much going on everything every, everywhere all the time But then just boom yeah. cut to silence and one of the most emotional parts of the movie of them of the mother and the daughter being rocks and just talking and being like why are we even here and then you have that the the eyeballs the googly, googly eyes paying off you're like why, mm-hmm. are, why are there googly eyes everywhere and then you have, it, you have it paying off with Evelyn growing googly eyes and being like you know come here I'm here for you even though we're just rocks I want to be there next to you even though there's nothing here uh, I just want to be mm. next to my daughter so that was a really really great moment too um, anything else you want to talk about about uh, this movie that I haven't mentioned yet
1: I mean I think yeah it's it's honestly yeah I think we, we hit on a lot of it um, this is a movie that I think I, I'm really glad it's doing as well as it is and that it is slowly but surely expanded because like I kind of touched on with Ambulance um, movies like this are becoming more and more rare. Everything's becoming franchise films. And other than Netflix and A24, uh, there's not a lot of people or a lot of studios that are willing to make this kind of mid-budget movie any longer. And I'm really glad that this one is showing the strength of that and that these films can still be a success. And not everything has to be a Fast and the Furious or an, or an endgame Game. Um, And that something that you spend, you know, a, a few, you know, in the tens of millions of dollars and not the hundreds of millions of dollars can still resonate so much with people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They, they were talking about this a little bit on The Big Picture, which I didn't really <laughs> – I didn't like their conversation very much because it was so, like, I, cautionary and, like, uh, just on tiptoes about it. Just um, mm-hmm. talk, They were basically saying, like, you know, this is a great movie, but is it is there going to be, like, a backlash with the way Coda – there was with Coda because the movie is – there's so much sentimentality in there and are people going to be kind of sick of that and, and just – push back against oh my god it's so nice and, and and kind and blah 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 and um Joanna Robinson was saying like is the answer is the answer of this movie just going to be like love is the answer as as it always is like yeah i mean yes mm-hmm. it is but maybe that's what we need yeah. just <laughs> just straight ahead like i said with the Oscars and everything else just being uh straight ahead being not uh cynical about things not being um sarcastic about things just being a straight ahead Movie about being kind and being empathetic and being showing love to other people and expressing love to other people. Yes, that that's the what the movie is about, and maybe that's what we need right now. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I I can't agree with more.
0: Yeah, just uh, yeah, Stephanie Shue was amazing. Um, it's again talking about like it's a movie about you know multiple um, universes and how the same person can contain multitudes. I think that's something that's lost a lot of people of just like, you yeah. know, somebody is not just one thing at one time. I think people, some people might look at this movie and look at the mother daughter relationship and the mother grandfather relationship and the grandfather and granddaughter relationship and just be like, why can't they just be nice to each other? You know, there's so many, uh, there's, there is so much in here. I, suppose I forgot to mention, I want to mention right off the top, but there is so much in here for people, not just uh, that are you know East Asian or, or Chinese or uh, have a uh, relationship like this. You know, my parents got divorced, and I was such an asshole to my mom for such a long time for no reason. She was she was doing the best she could, and it's it's for people like that too, where you can things so. There's so much of this movie that resonates with so many different people on so many different levels. You know, the to look at this and be like, well, the Mother, the the daughter is being an asshole to the mother for no reason. Well, not really. You know, she's just being yeah. the way she is. You know, because she's feeling left out and she's, she doesn't feel a connection to her mother. And if you have that sort of relationship for a long time, it really does. You get into um, you get into a tread. You get into this mode of just being like, this is how we are. This is how we express love. We might not say I love you. We, uh, but we, not, we, we might not express our love by saying, I love you. But at the end, when Evelyn's talking to Joy and Joy gets in the car and Evelyn, go, um, you know, turns around, she's like, listen, 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 you know, you are getting fat and you are, <laughs> yeah. you aren't the, the everything I want you to be, but I still love you despite all that. That's just, you know, th- that's how they express themselves. It might not be the way yeah. everyone does, but that's the way they do That's the best, you know, the best way that they can express mm-hmm. themselves. So just looking at it in terms of they are not saying, I love you. They're saying you're getting fat and you're just, it just say, just not saying I love you is the way that they ne- are expressing your love. Just, it doesn't mean it's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, what I'm saying. yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And you know, you, you, you might not even like, you know, the, these relationships that you have you might not even, you know, know at first and you don't know what's going on with anybody and I think that's really a big thing that you keep hitting on especially with the Jamie Lee Curtis character how, you know, Michelle Yao is just kind of like oh, you know, my husband is going to ruin this and, you know, she kind of just views Jamie Lee Curtis as this villain but then, you know, you start to see this other reality where they're like lovers and, you know, at the end yeah. they have this really tender special moment where they were like oh, they realize that they, they've they both been through this before and, you know, she's giving her all these chances and it, it it's just, you know... It's it's like you said, love and sympathy and just empathy for other people uh, is really what this movie is about.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think we'll leave it there. Really, really, really great movie. One of my favorites I've seen in a very long time. It's getting praise everywhere. I think it's on I, it's on um, LinkedIn or not LinkedIn, (laughs) Letterboxd as one of the uh, top rated movies of all time. That's obviously number one. one. Number one one rated movie. Like if you go to the list of like. Number one with a bullet. Yeah. Just the list of like best movies of all time. It's right up there right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Highly recommend watching it. Uh, The only thing is, you know, it's it's out. It was playing like like an hour from me. So I had to make plans to go see it. And I would really like it if these movies got, you know, put out. Uh, where people can see them. We were talking about, you know, blockbusters being the only thing out there right now, and I Mm -hmm. think this is definitely one that can definitely serve to be uh, shown in more places.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because, like, you know, there's this theater they have, luckily, you know, being in Southern California, we get some stuff, like, sometimes I would have to drive an hour to LA, but there is a bigger theater in downtown Orange that gets some stuff, and it got this for a week. And so by, it was, they had stopped playing it on Friday, so I had to go... Luckily, it was headed by then expanded to a couple other theaters. So I, I watched it at the theater right across the street from Disneyland. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like you, you got to, you know, get in quick with some of these movies that are, you know, li- technically now it's wide, but just barely so. Um, so luckily, some of these small releases do get bumped up a little. But if you especially if you don't live in, a you know, uh, you know, Southern California uh, or, you know, Uh, central texas or new york it's hard to see a lot of these
0: yeah yeah unfortunately it is um so i think that'll do it um so i have my medium blog that i've actually been posting a couple things uh this week i posted about um this movie everywhere everything everywhere all at once let me just pull it up real quick because i know i wrote something else about i think the wheel of time i finished that series up so i posted about that um let me see here published um, a Time of the Wheel, did that. Everything, Everywhere at Once. I posted a blog about that, so check that out at damian.medium.com. Um, and then over Letterbox, I'm doing some reviews there of every, pretty much every movie I see. So check that out. I think my thing is right now uh, b underscore four underscore Benedetta. I think I heard somebody uh, reference <laughs> that the other day as their handle, so I so I stole that from them. um <laughs> So, yeah, anything else? Anything you want to plug? You got your podcast going, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we got my podcast underrated. So, you know, that's also a film podcast. Um, the day this is coming out, we've got an episode that we did with Mikey Newman from the YouTube channel Filmjoy. Um, so, that was a lot of fun. So, you know, uh, go ahead and listen to that. If you guys have liked hearing me talk at all here, we talked about the movie The Messenger. Uh, a Joan of Arc movie from 1999 that is weird as shit. Um, but we had a lot of fun talking with Mikey. It was one of our most chaotic episodes. Um, we talked about so underrated movies uh, every other week on that show. Um, I've also got a uh, Letterboxd and a Medium as well. I'm working on writing something right now for about video game movies. Um, we're going to be covering on some video game movies on my show in May. Uh, so check me out there, Derek McDuff on Letterboxd and Medium. Um, And I've also got a Patreon for my podcast, so patreon.com slash You Can sign up for as little as a dollar a month, um, and that helps us out a
0: lot. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's Can I Say Something? I've been Damien. And I've been Derek. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.